Welcome to the Comedy Mom Podcast. I am Katie Ipock, your comedy mom. And today I want to talk about why being a big fish in a small pond doesn't mean shit. Um, this is probably going to get a little adversarial. <laughs> this could maybe upset some people. Um, there are some people that might feel personally attacked by this, and that's fine. Um, before I get into this, you know, either you've listened to this podcast before, or maybe this is your first time here. I like to, I'm focusing generally my advice on people who are just getting started in stand up comedy. So, within their first year, who are working in small scenes, this advice is not for people in LA, Chicago, uh, Seattle, Austin, even like Portland, Oregon. Um, and when I say small scene, like I'll admit, that in the scene that I'm working in, which has been to Oregon, um, it's still a little bigger than um, hopefully where you're at. So this advice is usually pointed to people in their first year. Um, so this topic is a little weird. Um, generally, if you've only been doing comedy for a year or less, you are not a big fish in a small pond. Um, but I still feel like this is important for you to hear. First off, um, Take this as a cautionary tale, right? Don't become the comic that I'm talking about. And two, don't let the comics that act this way intimidate or bully you, okay? Don't become these guys. Don't get intimidated by them. Um, so if I were you, I would listen to this as if you were listening to me <laughs> go off on somebody else about this and you just don't, this is who not to become. So, um, being a big fish in a small pond, it doesn't mean shit. Uh, just because you're on top of the pile in a small scene doesn't change where you end up in the big scene you move to, right? So even if you are in the top of the pile in Bend, even if you are a big fish in Bend, if you move to Portland or you move to the next big scene, you're still going to start from the bottom. Um, hell, guys, I'm about as big of a fish as you can get in my scene. And you know what? It doesn't mean shit. If I move to Portland, I have to start from the bottom again. And what does starting from the bottom mean? It means going to open mics, proving myself, you know, starting over. And the, the problem is, is in a small scene, especially in a scene like this, people tend to get big heads because it doesn't take long to get booked. It doesn't take long to rise to the top. And in small scenes, especially like small comedy scenes, people who are taking their craft seriously are going to move to a bigger scene. So that scene's big, bigger fish are moving on. And then, you know, the bottom feeders rise up, right? I Being the best comic in a small scene is kind of like being the best cookie because somebody bigger than better than you is still going to eat you, right? <laughs> so it's not... There's no reason to not be humble about it. And the thing, and I mean, this kind of applies to everything, but comedians with big heads, comedians with big egos, they tend to make big mistakes. They stop going to open mics consistently. They stop working on their art. Um, and they, they just start making big mistakes. And the problem with that is you are only as good as your last set. So if you're starting to make those big ego mistakes and your start your sets start getting worse, you're no longer going to be the big fish in the pond anyway. So if you just stay humble from the beginning and stay on target, you're not going to get a big head, 
You're not going to get those big egos. You're not going to make those big mistakes, right? You're only as good as your last set. And honestly, guys, no one likes to hang out with big dick energy, right? And yes, we're all comics, which means we all kind of walk around with a little bit of big dick energy. Hi, Henry. <laughs> um, that's my cat. But no one likes to hang out with somebody who's flopping their big dick energy around. There is nothing that makes me eye roll harder than somebody coming to my open mic and throwing around their big dick energy and, you know, being the big fish in the small pond. And the thing about being a big fish in a small pond and the thing about, you know, when we talk about this big head and big egos, no matter how small a scene is, bookers don't need you, okay? You are 100% replaceable, okay? Um, I don't care how good of a comic you are. If you break my rules or um, if you start making mistakes, if you stop coming to open mics, you know, if you start getting those big head and that big, big ego and start making those big mistakes, I will book you less or potentially not book you at all. I don't need you. <laughs> right. Um, so you are replaceable. There's no, I don't know how many times I've watched comics have an attitude of, well, I'm so good. She has to book me. I'm so good. They have to book me in this kind of too big to fail attitude. And that's not true. It's absolutely not true. So no matter how good you are, no matter how good your sets are, and I mean, this applies to everywhere. This applies to everything. Always do open mics. Um, I just had this conversation with one of my, you know, comics that just started on my bench this week after they did their first set. Um, just because you're booked with me doesn't mean you're shit, <laughs> right? It doesn't mean you've made it. It doesn't mean that you're now a big star right? So you still need to do your open mics. You still need to work on your craft. You still need to keep getting better. Just because you start getting booked in a small scene does not mean that you need to stop that hustle, okay? Um, always be respectful. No matter how big you get, no matter how good you get, no matter um, if your name is starting to put butts in seats, still be respectful. Be respectful of the producer right? Don't ever get a big enough head that you think that you can be disrespectful to a booker. Cause again, we can just not book you. We don't need you. Uh, be respectful to your fe fellow comics, whether they have been performing longer than you or not, even if they're not at the same quote unquote level that you are like, still be respectful of everybody. Uh, still be respectful of the venue. Um, and make yourself a person of value. This is something that, and I feel like there's some people in my scene that misunderstand this behavior for me. Um, but I'm a firm believer that, you know, always follow your compass. And if people are going to misunderstand it, they're going to misunderstand it. Um, I do everything I can to make myself a person of value in any show I'm in, whether it's my show, somebody else's show, whether it's an open mic. And what I mean by a person of value means, you know, helping to promote the show, being respectful while you're there not getting too drunk, helping to set up and take down. And yes, if you're in the Ben scene, you were chuckling, chuckling at that right now. Cause so you guys also always help me to set up and take down. And I always say no, um, but it doesn't hurt to offer. And the thing is, no matter how big of a fish you are and no matter how small your pond is, even if you were at the very tippy, tippy top 
of your game. Never stop your hustle, never stop writing, and never get better. Or sorry, (laughs) never stop trying to get better. And I see, you know, I see when comics, you know, start getting that kind of big fish, small pond attitude. They start, you know, looking for the next scene to go to, which is, which is fair, right? If you kind of outgrow a small scene, which could happen, you could outgrow your scene and then it's time to move on. Um, But don't be in a hurry. Enjoy your small scene for as long as you can. You are never going to get the same amount of bookings, the same amount of support, the same um, environment in a big city as you do in a small scene. So don't be in a hurry to leave it, right? Because again, being a big fish in a small pond doesn't mean shit. So that means when you go to that big city, and and that's not to say that all your progress is gone, um, but you're starting from the bottom. So don't be in a hurry to leave your small scene. And I don't know, I have a little bit of preference there because it hurts when my big fish move, right? Um, But don't be in a hurry to leave. But, you know, stay in a small scene for as long as you can. Stay there and hone your craft. Get, you know, those first beginning five years out of the way. You know, there's no, there's no more low pressure of a scene, like a small scene. There's no industry here for the most part. I mean, we're a vacation town. I imagine every once in a while there's industry that rolls through, but you know, it is the most low pressure you're ever going to get. That is why. So yeah, being a big fish in a small pond doesn't mean shit. It only took 10 minutes for me to rant all this out. Seriously, bookers don't need you. <laughs> so if you want to throw big dick energy around and you want to, you know, I, you know, be that kind of I'm too big to fail mentality, you want to get a big head and a big ego, you're going to start making big mistakes and you're going to lose stage time. And when, and again, just because you're the tip top of your craft in a small scene doesn't mean that that's going to go with you to a big scene. If I move to Portland today, right? God, as I say this, so admittedly, you know, so if I moved to Portland today and I started from the bottom, I do have a leg up to people starting comedy for the very first time, but I still have to go to open mics. I still have to prove myself to bookers. I'd still have to earn my place in that scene and those shows, right? Just because I'm the biggest fish in Bend doesn't mean when I go to a bigger city, people are going to give a shit. I'm not going to automatically get booked. I'm not automatically going to get to do as many shows. Being a big fish in a small pond doesn't mean shit. Yeah, that took 11 and a half minutes to get through. That's sweet. Um, Here's something I want to talk about. So kind of, so going back to, you know, you're in your first year. I think sometimes new comics can get intimidated by the big comics in their scene. And I, I understand why I did that too. I think it's really easy to even get start struck by the bigger comics when you start. You see these guys who, you know, these people 
who have been doing comedy for a while and they're landing audiences and they're doing great. And, you know, they're, you know, they're the superstars of the scene. So it's easy to get kind of wrapped up in them, influenced by them. But keep in mind that everybody started where you're starting right now. Right. And there's this thing, and I have no doubt. Oh, where's my note? I made a note about it, but I lost that note. How did I lose that note? That sucks. Um, there's this theory I have in my head. Um, and I'm calling it the investment filter. I'm willing to bet that there is an actual psychological term. But the more time, energy, and money you spend on a skill, the harder you judge other people who have not spent the same amount of time, energy, and money. And I'll give you a good example of this. Um, before I started doing comedy, and it was actually like four to six months before I started doing comedy, um, I was dancing a lot more than I do now. And I was learning how to do West Coast Swing, but I wasn't, you know, I took like one level one class. I was just kind of dancing at the local bar. I like to say I learned my West Coast on the street. That's why my technique is shit. Um, and in the process of dancing, I had somebody take to the rants and rave section of Craigslist to fat shame me. And a lot of the fat shaming was about how I was too fat to dance. And we don't know who wrote this. Um, but around the same time, there was somebody within the dance community who was spending a lot of time and talking to a lot of people about how horrible of a dancer I was. And I didn't need to have as much confidence as I did in my dancing because I was a horrible dancer. And looking back on that now, I understand it. You know, when somebody spends a lot of time, money, and energy on a skill, they're going to look at somebody who has not spent that time, energy, and money, and they need to know that they're better, right? Or your time, energy, and money has been wasted. You, you see what I'm saying? Like the more time, energy, and money you spend on something the more important it is to know that you were better at it than the person who was not sacrificed as much. So that's why when some, so bringing this to comedy, that's why older comics <laughs> tend to be really judgmental and harsh and critical of new comics. It's that investment filter. It's that idea that we have to watch somebody in their first year and kind of talk shit about how horrible they are. And I think that investment filter can sometimes cause people to, uh, I don't know, be assholes, right? It can cause people to be like, oh, they're shitty. And I think someone who's kind of seeing somebody through that investment filter isn't realizing that what they're actually thinking is my time, energy, and money has been worth it because my technique and skill is better than someone who has not spent that time, energy, and money. So if you have an older comic, one of these big fish, you know, giving you shit, keep in mind that investment filter and don't take it personally. You have a lot of big comics, a lot of these big fish comics, who literally need to keep new comics down, need to push them down, need to talk shit about them. Um, and I really think it's because of this investment filter. So don't take it personally. Don't just keep in mind that people are just trying to validate the time, energy, and money they have spent on this art form. 
um, by comparing themselves to you and comparing themselves in a positive way. Um, and also keep in mind that that shit doesn't matter. I think I talked about this. I think it was uh, Stay on Target, which was two episodes ago. Um, comedy is not a competition against each other. Of course, I say that I'm coming from a place of luxury. Um, Bend is not an overly competitive scene, at least within the, you know, comic level. Um, there's plenty of shows to go around. We can all be super supportive of each other. There's enough pie for everybody. And, you know, there's some small scenes that aren't like that. There are some small scenes that, you know, the only local shows that happen are maybe once a quarter. And in that case, I could see why that feels competitive because you have you know, a lot of people competing for only, you know, like four or five, six slots. But in the end, you're still not competing against each other. You're competing against yourself. And it's not even, comedy is not a competition thing. You know, comedy is a art form, right? So don't get stuck in that compa comparison. And whatever you do, do not compare yourself to somebody who's been doing comedy longer than you have. Um, this is an art form, but it's also a skill. And the more you do it, the little better you get at it, right? So don't get stuck in that comparison. Definitely don't listen to somebody else's rant that's going through their investment filter. Don't, don't let the big fish intimidate you because all these big fish started exactly where you are right now. And I'm willing to bet whatever quote unquote mistakes you're making on stage, they probably made at your level. Um, I've been kind of thinking about this recently, you know, at the recording of this podcast, uh, Kobe Bryant passed away a couple days ago and you're seeing a lot of, um, comics writing jokes about it, which is what we do. And you see a lot of, a lot of other comics and these comics that are thinking through this investment filter, talking shit about these newer comics that are writing Kobe jokes. And I think these investment filter comics are forgetting that three, four, five years ago, they would be writing the same jokes, right? Because that's just part of the journey. It's kind of like when a you know a comic who's been doing comedy for five to six years wants to talk shit about new comics doing vulgar material, right? When most of the time, that's part of what writing in your first year is. Everyone's going after low-hanging fruit their first year because we're all just learning how to write a joke, right? And it's a lot easier to land a joke if it's about farts or genitalia or like curse words, right? And so to judge a comic for that, when that's something you probably did yourself, that is, again, the investment filter. So don't let the big fish terminate you. And if, you, if you're a big fish in a small pond, okay, again, being a big fish in a small pond doesn't mean shit. And bookers don't need you. So don't get a big head. Don't, and don't stop working. Always go to open mics, continue to write every day, always get work on getting better. At no point should you feel like you are at the pinnacle of your career and you can start sliding. You should put the same amount of effort into your craft as you did for your first open mic, as you do for the rest of your career. Welcome to comedy. It's a fucking grind, <laughs> right? So that's it. That's today's episode. I told you it's a little adversarial. <laughs> And if you're feeling at all, like, um, I'm gonna tell you right now, there is no one person in particular that I'm thinking about. This is not a personal tech. It's anybody. Um, but if you're, if you're feeling 
personally victimized by this episode, then I would suggest you take some time to think about whether you were acting <laughs> uh, like a big fish in a small pond and being a dick, <laughs> right? Um, never stop your hustle, guys. This is a grind, and it is always a grind. I'm still, I'm at the top of my game, and I'm at a point within my small pond that I could easily start sliding. I could stop writing new material, and I could book myself for as much time as I want, right? Because there's no decision makers that are making decisions about my career right now. But I'm not doing that because that would be um, losing my humility and stopping my hustle. I'm still writing every day. I'm super focused on this this year. Like, I wouldn't say writing every day, writing five days a week, trying. Um, so if I can do it, if I can keep my humility, if I can keep my big ego in check, if I can keep my big dick energy under under wraps, for the most part, it slips out every once in a while, admittedly, um, then you can do it too. And again, enjoy your small scene, guys. There is such a luxury to it. It's something you're never going to experience again. And at least in our scene, and I hope everybody's scene is like this, um, I hear Ben is unique in its support for each other. You know, we're unique in our open mics in a sense that, A, we get audience to our open mics. But, uh, and B, um, you know, like comedians stay in the open mic and watch each other's set. It's some, that's something I try to kind of instill in every new comic that comes, that we be the audience for each other that we wish we had for ourselves. So I know Ben is unique. Not every scene is like this. Um, but still, enjoy your small scene while you can. Don't be in a hurry to get out. And if you are the big fish in your small pond, be humble about it. But don't think that that opens doors for you because it does not. So that's it. Um, been another episode of the Comedy Mom Podcast. I'm Katie Ipok. As always, take your vitamins, take good care of yourself, and don't be a dick on stage. <laughs>